You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 50 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. We started at the bottom, now we here. Uh, this is the podcast about Warhammer and wargaming in general, and we aim to ignite the flame of hobby in each and every one of you. And, uh, you know, we really haven't been shitting on whack players lately. We probably should pick that up, because that was a fun hobby of mine. What are we talking about tonight? Well, damn if I know. This is episode 50, if I didn't already say that, and I am just rambling at this point. So, the Tesseract Mailbox is, um, the, what was his name? Hold on a second. The Lost Prophet Tarantula writes in, and he claims that you guys will know what that means. And he's got a mixture of praise and criticism, which is exactly the mixture that I like. We also have a, well, here's an idea discussing skirmish games with Just James, Loremaster Alex, and myself. We also have a Want That or Want That Not with the Wildwoods, the Sylvanith Wildwoods, which is the new models GW is releasing. And finally, we have the Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and that is 40k is a metaphor for GW. And uh, it's we're going to go through the uh, the looking glass a little bit there. And uh, we're going to see how GW sees the world via the metaphor of 40K. Now, that might sound, might not sound interesting. Trust me, you'll be tickled pink. So what have I been up to in the hobby world? Well, I got to tell you that I've been getting some games in despite my workload. And I've been working on the novel. I don't have a percentage for you this week. I did not add it up. So I don't know. I've been working on stuff. A lot of editing, actually, for the first uh, eight chapters. And... Uh, what have I done? I started my Caradron Overlords, I assembled my Ironclad, which is a beauty, and I finally chose a paint scheme, which is, um, come to find out, my friend Max had pointed out that it is the Minions colors from the stupid-ass children's movie, and everyone who thinks Minions are funny are dumb. So I'm just warning you, that's the good litmus test, if you think Minions are funny, you're an idiot. And, uh, but actually I really is Minion's colors and I did not intend for that. So my guy, the cloth of my Dwarden is yellow and the, uh, it's like a blue, I forget which blue, Altdorf blue, I think it is, is my armor. And then Balthazar gold is my, uh, dark bronzish color. So the ship is coming out mighty fine. I love it. And I did a uh, Aether Navigator, and uh, he was my first model to test the paint scheme on. And I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So I'm looking forward to assembling more of that. Currently, I am about 75% done with the Ironclad's paint job. And, uh, you know, I'm really just playing this for the ships because, good God, I love these ships. So... Um, they're my main priority, and then I'm going to um, start doing the rest of that start collecting box. And what else have I been doing? I painted something. I don't know what else I painted. Uh, got some games in this week, and I hope he's not listening, but I played a new guy um, at the game store. And uh, I don't think he really knows that I'm Pimpcron, or he's aware that of what Pimpcron is, so I think I'm fine, but... I was playing a new guy at the game store, and I did not feel like going easy on him. So, uh, because I just I just wanted to actually have a tactical challenge. So, 
we agreed on 1,800 points, and this is going to come off as me bragging, but we agreed on an 1,800-point list, so I took a 1,300-point list and did not tell him. So I cut 500 points off, and I still beat him 17 to 14. So that just tickled my little ego just so much. Uh, but it was a good game, and he had the extra points to uh, basically give himself a golf ha- handicap. He got extra points, 500 extra points, and, um, you know, I got to actually try and not pull my punches, and he got to play with some extra stuff, so it was a lot of fun. Then Just James and I played, um, what did we play? We played 40K, and he played Harlequins versus Tyranids, and, uh, oh yeah, the first game was Tyranids versus Blood, the, the guy's Blood Angels. And um, I played Tyranids versus Harlequins with Just James. And that game was closer. I really don't remember what it was. 17 to 11 or something like that. But I beat Just James. So um, I'm still on my winning streak. It's not intentional. I mean, I'm, I'm docking myself a third of my points. So, I'm you know, not with Just James. Fuck him. But uh, <laughs> no, actually, Just James is a really good player. So, um I uh I don't dock my points for him. We just play a fun game and uh, we can both challenge each other. It's just it just seems like Harlequins are kind of lackluster. It just it just doesn't seem that great because I I pretty much tabled him. He had what two models left on the board, something like that, and I had seventy five percent of my army left on the board. Like it just seemed even when we put our we played a fifteen hundred point game. We put 1,500 points versus 1,500 points. And when I looked across the table, I was like, uh, did you miscalculate? Because it does not look like you've got 1,500 points. It looked to me like he had 1,200. Now, maybe he was doing to me what I did to the other kid. I don't know. But uh, I don't think so. So, it, um, you know, uh, this just comes off as me bragging. And I'm aware. But this is what I've been up to. And I keep winning. So, you know, you can just... You can just deal with that. And uh, I'm I'm honestly, I am not, and this is making me painted as a whack player because I'm like, oh, and I won, and oh, and I won. And uh, honestly, I was trying to, uh, with, the, with the minus 500 points on my side, I was really trying to, you know, give him a win. But I also didn't feel like just going through the motions and not trying at all. So that was the best way I could do it. Maybe next time I'll knock off six or 700 points and see how that goes. Uh... <laughs> yeah that would be actually that'd be pretty fun you you take half the points so i take 900 he takes 1800 and let me see if i can beat him that would be fun uh so anyway i guess that's it i'm done bragging for the week and let's get on with the show let's open the tesseract mailbox It's at this point of the show where we talk about the Tesseract Mailbox and people write in via facebook.com slash pimpcron or pimpcron at gmail.com. And today I have a message from Facebook and Facebook is saying that I am, nope, it wasn't Facebook. Actually, it was a guy that has a very strange name. Uh, well, you know, I just assumed it was a guy. Maybe I shouldn't assume it's uh, a person because they never specifically say they're a guy. Um, Let me just go ahead and read this, because now I'm just bumbling about. Hello, pimp. A couple things. 
those air horns were damn loud in the last episode. I thought you should know. Is there a story behind your name? You say you were writing a novel. Are you publishing it as Pimpcron? Or another name? Personally, I don't know how well that name would go over in the general public. Anyway, I don't want to sound down on your show. I look forward to it each week, and I'm slowly going through the backlog episodes. Cheers! And then, actually it was a he, because now I remember who I was talking to on Facebook. But um, then he puts, uh, then he says, put my name as the Lost Prophet Tarantula. They'll know what that means. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so, the Lost Prophet Tarantula, uh, I don't, I don't know, I really don't know what that means. Um, if I'm being honest, I was too lazy to Google it. But suffice it to say, I don't just know what that means off the top of my head. But I would like to know what they'll know what that means means. Um, I hope I didn't just like trigger some sort of deep web assassination or something. Uh, so let me start answering these questions. Uh, those air horns were damn loud in the last episode. I thought you should know. You know, honestly, uh, the Lost Prophet Tarantula, it is true. I... Uh, when I was listening and editing the show, my headphones were were down a little bit in volume. So um, when I actually listened to the show at regular volume with headphones in, or earbuds in, it nearly ruptured my eyeballs in a fountain of blood. So <laughs> sorry that the, that the air horns were a tad bit loud. Um, you know, come to think of it, actually, uh, I also uh, messed up the last episode, too, because I said it was episode 39 in the title. And guess what? It was actually episode 49. So that's, an, you know, last week I just was not on my A game, I guess. The summer's getting to me. Uh, he also says, is there a story behind your name? Yes, 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 there is a story by, behind my name. I've covered this at least one time on the show, if not twice. I've covered this several times in the comments section of Bell of All Souls, and I'm assuming I've probably covered it at some point in an article. But I will give you the abbreviated history of the name Pimpcron. My first army ever was purple and gold Necrons. People said they were pimp colors. People used to call them my Pimpcrons. And then when it was time for talk wargaming they're like hey do you want to use your real name and i'm like hell no i write stupid shit and then they're like well, what do you want your name to be and i'm like uh pimpcron sure whatever i'm not going to be doing this more than like a week and five years later i am still pimpcron on a want that or want that not so that is how that started now uh, he is correct i am writing a novel and I do not believe I will be publishing it as the name Pimpcron. I will probably use my uh, my real name, Antonio Escobar Jr. And no, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I, I probably won't be using Pimpcron. I've actually debated this quite a bit. Um, many people know me in the gaming industry as Pimpcron. But I don't think that enough people know that it will affect my sales at all. And... Uh, I will probably be using, uh, either my initials or my real name or something like that, which of course is Bruce Wayne. As you all know, the people that know me know that I am Bruce Wayne. So, uh, I'm definitely not going to be using Pimp Crown though. And he says, personally, I don't know how well that name would go over in the general public. You know, I get sick and tired of hearing that, uh, all the, you know, 
sex workers and the pimp stuff and blah, blah, blah. Look, I am not condoning pimps. I'm not condoning sex work. I'm not bashing sex work. I really don't give a crap about sex work either way. So, I mean, you, you do, you do you boo. Okay. Um, I'm not the, the point behind my name was stupid and it's about a stupid thing and it's about a stupid joke. And that's really all I meant to convey with that name, uh, was a last minute, uh, nomenclature choice. And it just, I really have no dog in the fight of the, um, the sex work industry. So I do not mean to be demeaning it. I do not mean to be supporting it. I, it has not touched me in literally any way. Uh, so but yes, I know most people will think, and I've had many people comment before, oh, well, Pimpcron, anybody named Pimpcron is so out of touch, ooh. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I, I don't even know what to say to that, honestly. I, it just, it gives the wrong impression, is what it does. It gives the wrong impression, like I'm some sort of playboy or whatever, and, uh, that's not what I'm trying to give off here. So. Uh, won't be using Pimpcron, and yes, I am fully aware of how the general public would probably take that name. So, uh, that's about it. I'm glad you're eating through the backlog episodes, and in one of those, you're gonna hear that explanation of, uh, the Pimpcron name. So, thank you for writing in the Lost Prophet Tarantula, whatever the fuck that means, and, uh, <laughs> And uh, I think that's it for Tesseract Mailbox. Now, here's an idea. This is another edition of, well, here's an idea. Here's an idea. Hey, shut up. You don't talk. Okay. I'm sorry. This is my time. <laughs> with, Please with, don't get the belt out. With Loremaster and Just James. And Again. We wanted to talk about, uh, what was it? idea. Well, here's an idea. What were we talking about? Uh, what were we talking the, about? The kill teams. Kill, kill teams. teams. Oh. Kill teams. Just, just play regular Warhammer at this point. <laughs> and that was, well, here's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, kill teams, I have not actually played. I've seen people in our club play it, and um, it, it still uses blast templates, I think? No. That was Armageddon. Shadow War Armageddon. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is 8th edition Yes. Okay. And it's, its small own, numbers. Its own special rules. Um... You know, like charging in the movement phase and, and all that. Yeah. You know, high, next to cover, you get your minus one to hit. And... So they started out with troops. They, yeah, it was just troops. And that, I guess, went pretty well. And now they're introducing elites. And HQs. Well, actually, they had leaders first. Leaders that troops, weren't HQs. And then, no, no. It was HQs. They, oh. they were HQs. And now they've just come out with elites. So next is fast attack. Uh -huh. And after that, heavy support. Heavy support would be awesome. Then, Lord of Wars. Lords of War. And Gilliman in a Kill Team game would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Just play regular yeah. Warhammer at yeah. this point. No. <laughs> it does get weird. Or or play a superior skirmishing game called Brutality. <laughs> I won't argue Gross. with that. You know, where you can make your own models, guys. <laughs> it's true. You can make your own models for 40k. Shut up, James. <laughs> You're harshing our buzz. Uh... I literally just got done making my fourth war band for brutality 
by the way. <laughs> you know what's funny is that um, the old kill team, back editions ago, didn't allow two-up saves. Yeah. And this new one with elites is allowing terminators. Yep. So I'm interested in how that will go with balance. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, also with this with this system, or this edition, you do now have minuses to armor. Whereas yeah. with the old system, you didn't. So like a two-up armor save was like literally walking in with a force field. Yeah. You know, it was kind of nigh impossible to kill you. But now if you have a two-up save, certain weapons, if you used correctly, will lower that save, you know? So it's interesting because, you know, of course you're joking when you say, add fast attack, add heavy, whatever... But there are units that are infantry in heavy, and there are fast attack units that are infantry. Yeah. So, Rough Riders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any of that. Dude comes um, riding into battle on horseback in the middle of a, of a roving street gun battle. Yeah. So, I mean, it's weird because aren't they just playing small points 40k? Yeah. I mean, I know, th- I know the rules are different, but... Uh, yeah, that's what it seems like it's, it's going to be if they keep coming out with stuff like that. That seems I, odd. I really feel like the kill team's... This, this edition was designed specifically to combat privateer press. Think so? Yeah. I mean, take away from War Machine and Hordes. Uh, does anybody play War Machine and Hordes anymore? Not in this area. <laughs> well, they never really did in this area too much. But I mean, Virginia, I'm curious. Northern Virginia. I know a lot of guys who... Were, a lot of my friends are trying to convince me to start playing War Machine back in the day. They used to play uh, up in northern Delaware. But I don't know that group's still around. So I'm curious if War Machine's still around. I didn't know uh, Hell was south of Northern Virginia and all that. What is he talking about? This he's, is Hell. We're living in Hell. He, oh, okay. He's shitting on Wil- on Wilmington. Oh, okay. Um, James is like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, Who's Wil- Wilmington? I don't know that person. <laughs> yeah, this so, Wilmington guy, whatever the heck his name is. <laughs> so um, it's an interesting thing. It's also interesting to me that they killed uh, Shadow War Armageddon. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, they rolled that out as the new kill team. And then immediately immediately shot it in the back of the head. Yep. Uh, Mice of Men style. No. The Necromunda, or, no, what's he? Yeah, Necromunda Hive War, or Hive Gang, or whatever, system. That's, like, flopped hard, even though they're still coming out with stuff for it. So, yeah, that was, yeah, that's odd. Are they still coming out? I mean, I know, like, a couple months ago. They just released two new gangs. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, so that's interesting that they keep... I wonder what following and the, and that actually am, has. And bull. I think oh, those am, ambots. Ambots. Um, so it's interesting because now they also have uh, Warhammer Underworlds, but which seems somewhat popular. And now they've got Warhammer Age of Sigmar Warcry. Warcry, yeah. Which, which is... That, it just seems like chaos. Chaos dudes. Uh, slave, slaves other. of Darkness guys fighting each other. I did see one dude carrying a giant freaking snake. Did you see that new model? No, I didn't see that. Uh, it was pretty cool. I want to get that that model and then find the guy from uh, Schaefer's Last Chancers that looks like the old British hunter because he's got like the dungarees. Yeah. And then remove that head and just put a random head and paint it so it looks like Steve Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey, look at this thing! <laughs> so, um, it's interesting. They seem all, like they're all over the place with skirmish games. Like, yeah, it does seem like that. Well, so it's they, like it's like the it's like the gateway drug, in my regards. Sure, you know, like oh, you're having fun playing playing this this small skirmish game. How you thought about going bigger? You know, it's true. It's the upsell. Yeah. Um. So we had Shadow War Armageddon, 
and that failed miserably, uh, apparently, or it was at least abandoned, like, immediately. Because... I, I feel it was more abandoned, because then they immediately came out with the new rule um, system, which made... Edition, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's right at the tail end of 7th. So then, what was the next skirmish thing for 40k? Was it Kill Teams? Yeah. No, no, Necromunda. Necromunda, Necromunda came out before to Kill Teams. And I don't know what the state of Necromunda is. You said they're still coming out with people, but I'm curious what the player base is for that. And no, then... No idea. And isn't Necromunda more of like a board game? It comes with tiles and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's got its own tiles. So you're not, quote unquote, supposed to play. And each gang has its own different weapons and its own different stats. So it's, it's Which is a bummer because that means I can't make my own custom hive gang anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, but it seemed like it was more like a board game to me yeah. than, than like our regular... Like Underworld is. Underworld's more of like a board game. You have your own tiles and it's all hex-based or whatever. Um, so it's interesting that they've got Necromunda and I don't know how that's doing. And now they've got kill team and that apparently they keep coming out with stuff. So I guess that's popular in some way. And they had age of Sigmar skirmish and yeah, I, skir- yeah, skirmish. I guess that was just a test bed for either underworld or this new Warcry. I don't know yeah. what, but that's well, been skirmish was, skirmish was just a book, wasn't it? It was, but they were trying to make it a thing and I don't think it ever panned out. So then they came out with Underworld, and then they came out with Warcry, and I'm like, too many cooks. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like one of those things where they don't see immediate success, so they immediately jump to another ship. But, you know, it, like, in fairness, we were, you know, it is one of those things where they're, they're, they're testing the waters. You know, they're trying to see what works. I think that's what that is, because yeah. JD said that it seemed like Age of Sigmar Skirmish seemed like the test testbed rules what people liked, what they didn't for one of these games. I don't know. Which is why I feel like um, they only came out with, with just the book. Because the book just lets you use regular models. Yeah. But with, like, the altered rule system. But Underworld sells you specific models. Exactly. Just like how Underhive sells you specific models. Uh, the Necromunda? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And Kill and... Teams is, like, you can still use regular models, but you have to kind of sculpt... Like, you have to equip them differently. Hmm. So, I do know that... <laughs> I think it's I think it's a good thing, but it's it's just a weird scenario we're in currently with their skirmish games. Yeah, I'd like to see them kind of maybe solidify a little bit and kind of get their head to their their head together on what exactly they're trying to do, because it kind of makes people a little skittish when you start seeing, oh here's Shadow War, oh here's Kill Team, oh here's this, oh because they're waiting for the next pen to drop. You and, know? Yes, and also I'm shocked that they've I mean they brought back Necromunda, but they've not, never brought back more time. Right? Where people loved Mordheim. I mean, it had a huge fan base. In fairness, it didn't make a Mordheim video game. Which is good. I actually own it on, on PC. I it's it's a good, good game. Yeah. yeah. It, it cheats just like uh, Blood Bowl does with the probability. Yeah. 90% probability and miss every time. Yep. But whatever. Um, I don't like it. You've got it too, don't, don't you, James? Yeah, I've played a little bit of it. I don't know what I'm doing. Speaking of Blood Bowl, I feel like that's the one success story out of this really is that it, that's a system that they came out with and it's still running a million dollars strong. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, they keep coming out with uh, uh, new war bands or whatever they're called. Teams. Yeah, teams. teams. Um, I'm curious what that, that fan base is too. I mean, they keep coming out with stuff. I mean, so I've, got my, are... I've got my, uh, my, uh, my, giant, my, my, dwarf, my dwarf team. So, I mean. Is that a new set? No, they, they've had them out for a little while. No, I mean like in the last year or two. Like the, oh, yeah, last year yeah. or two, yeah. Not one of the old, old... Oh no, no 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 not not like I mean like one of the newer teams they came out with I ended up buying because I, I used to I was trolling on the internet for the old set 
before they come out with the new set and the old set's like expensive as all get out because nobody wants to get rid of it. Mm. And they come out with the new team. I was like, ooh. <laughs> So, um, I don't really know what the point of the segment was, but it's interesting to kind of cover what the skirmish games are and all that and well, what exactly... What well, here's an idea. On. Play Brutality. <laughs> yeah, Brutality's far better. I can... Don't play it. Shut up. I, um, it's it's much, much better game in every asset uh, aspect and... Uh, what? It's also got some great Ass. assets. But it's got... I'm gonna... Yeah. Ass. And... Uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thanks for being on, guys. Thanks yeah, for having whatever. us. Hey everybody, it's the Pimpcron, and today I've got a product that you did not know that you could not live without. That's right. Becoming a patron on Patreon for the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast is everything you've ever wanted. We guarantee that it will clean up your spills, make your whites whiter, teach your dog tricks, and take you to the edge and even clean up afterwards. That's right, it's everything you could ever want in a product ever. Just go to patreon.com slash Pimpcron and pledge your allegiance to the almighty Kron today. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Kron. And it's time for Real Talk with the Pimp Kron. I want to just have a shout out to all of the dudes and the dudettes and the cats and dogs and the werewolves and the badgers. I think they're opposites. Not sure. Anyway, I wanted to mention an idea that I had a long time ago and I was interested to see what you think about it and if this really holds up or not. I believe that GW has made Warhammer 40k and its lore as a um, metaphor or a simile or a euphemism or some other word that means when you say things that they have other meaning. That's what I meant. So in other words, is 40k a metaphor for real life and how GW sees the world and the competitive market? Let's dive right in. So, technically, every company out there isn't really struggling for your money directly. They are struggling for your time. If they can convince you to spend the time to use their product, then you are also spending money on their product. Of course, you know, the old adage, time is money. They go to great lengths to make their product easier to use, lighter weight, uh, faster acting, cleaner, low carb, uh, low cholesterol, better working, earth friendly, vegan, uh, non-GMO, multi-purpose. I think you get the point. And that's all to make their product uh, make their product appear to be better than their competitors. So from a business standpoint, every second you aren't using their product is another second you aren't spending money with them because every squirt of that bottle of let's say Windex is one squirt closer to you buying a new bottle of Windex. I think you're all following me here. So if it's a consumable product like Windex, I just mentioned, or soap or something like that, they want you to use it frequently, often, and as much as possible. So if you were to ask, actually ask, um, who is it, Procter & Gamble or whoever makes Windex, um, they would probably suggest using it as a cologne, as a hair gel, as a floor degreaser, as um, fuel for your car. Now, they're not going to promise results on any of these, but this is what they want you to use it for. They want you to water your garden with Windex. <laughs> they want you to do everything with Windex. And um, 
of course, you know, that way it goes away and you have to buy more. Eventually you get to that empty bottle. Similarly, our car manufacturer wants you to use their vehicle so much that you run it ragged and have to buy another one. Even if you buy used, you're probably taking it off someone else's hands so they can buy new, so you can't really say, oh, I only buy used cars, I'm not helping the man. No, you're still helping the man. So this even works for durable products like vehicles, and not everything's just Windex. So if we look at the 40K universe through the eyes of a corporation, it's interesting to see how the real world may relate to the many quote-unquote enemies GW has in competing for your time, and more importantly, for your money. So let's start with the Imperium of Man as GW should see it. The Imperium of Man is a representation of how GW sees itself. They are the quote-unquote good guys, and they're on a mission to spread their influence and conquer the galaxy. Um, but really what that means is your time and money. Conquering the galaxy is conquering your wallet, which for the most part they've succeeded with many of us. Uh, they may do bad things from time to time, but they can always fall back on the fact that it's necessary to accomplish their ever-so-righteous goals of profit. Their own people, which of course are the players, don't even like them very much because of the way they are treated. Now, you know, that that goes back and forth. Some, you know, the players have always had a love-hate relationship with GW, but the Imperium of Man has a ton of people that hate them, that inside, you know, but they just accept it as fact that the Imperium is in power. And there's tons of players that really do not like the idea of GW being the big dog, but really they're the only game in town. So they, GW is the Imperium. Then we get to the Chaos Legions. They, as I see it, are the counterfeit and the bits industries. Okay, now the bits industries have taken a bit of a hit, but they're on the upswing now. They've been gone for five years or so, but more and more bits companies are coming out again. So they're the quote-unquote evil nemesis of the holy GW empire and have the audacity to actually use their own product against them. Now think about that, Chaos and Imperium, they use their own people and their own technology against them. Every time someone buys a bit on eBay or they buy a Russia cast or a China cast model, another consumer is tainted and it is another warp portal that needs to be stamped out. If you are a licensed GW dealer, then you know that they have put a big foot down on the bits industry in recent years. Well, that's because if someone breaks up a box of something and sells each bit separately, they end up making more money than they usually would off that same box, and that money is not going to GW. Have you ever noticed that the Imperium of Man is all, oh, burn the heretic and don't suffer the heretic to live, right? But they're basically declaring their stance on anybody making money instead of them from their product. So it's funny because the, the Imperium is using, you know, rhinos and space marine armor and all this, but the minute somebody else uses it and works against them, then they're angry, similar to our buddies GW. Now, now that we're talking about chaos, let's get to the demons. Chaos demons, they're representation, representations of Kickstarter and just new games and companies coming out in general. They are devious beings who seem to pop up out of nowhere and steal innocent Games Workshop customers from them. Then that customer may become tainted with the forbidden taste of another god, a god that isn't GW Plastic and their prices. They may even make dark sacrifices to these new gods in order to earn their favor. Sacrifices are made by giving something sacred up, and to GW, what could be more sacred than your money? Nothing, that's what. Maybe your soul, but you can't pay for your soul 
to wait. You can't use your soul to pay for. You know what? I'm just gonna abandon that analogy. <laughs> or dare I even say you might sell your Warhammer armies because you've become so smitten with this new unholy god? Think about that for a second. Now, then we get to the Tau Empire. The Tau Empire is the video games industry. In GW's eyes, the video game industry is a bland, weak enemy that relies on its advanced technology to conquer GW's customers' time and money. So, you know, they see them as... uh, I mean, of course, the game itself, itself is imaginative, but the people that play them don't have to be imaginative. Everything is given to you at face value. Um, every new game that you see on the shelf is another Tau diplomatic party coming to a new world saying, join us or else. And if you accept their invitation, you may never come back into the fold of Games Workshop's loving arms. Compared to the miniature wargaming industry, which is hundreds of years old, video games, the Tau Empire, is a new upstart and have gained a ton of ground since their inception. So you could see why GW would be kind of scared of them. Necrons, I think, represent board games and card games. Now, why do you say that? That sounds kind of weird. That's a weird analogy. Well, shut up. Let me explain. From Games Workshop's point of view, they are ancient, boring enemies that have been there way before GW came around. And it seems like they were dead for a while, as interest in them may have waned for a bit. But in recent years, we have found out that this industry was just sleeping and far from dead. As we tell all of our children when their pets die, he's not dead, he's just sleeping. Or, as I tell my children, he's not dead, he's just a board game. They get it. Now, there are gaming groups and local gaming stores strictly for playing board games and card games. That is precious time and money and table space that could be used on Warhammer product. And in stores, planets, that GW thinks they control... The earth shudders, and out of the ground may spring interest in those types of games instead of Warhammer. Now, we just talked about the Necrons. Let's go ahead and dive into the Eldar. The Eldar would be the role-playing games, such as D&D and GURPS and Pathfinder and other things, Mythic System, uh, Solar Echoes, all of that. From Games Workshop's perspective, role-playing games have been around for a long time, too, and are an ancient form of gaming. The problem with this industry is that if you get into it hardcore, it can cost a lot of money from books and maps and trains and miniatures, etc., etc., most of which are also areas of product that GW also covers for their games. And going back to the beginning of this whole conversation, maybe the most precious thing that is spent on RPGs is your time. Another thing RPGs have in common with wargaming is the time involved. Both can be a half day's length if you want them to be. And in this fast-paced world, time is valuable. Every D20 you throw is not time spent throwing D6s and buying product to support those D6 throws. We also have the Orcs. The orcs would have to be sports, and I think this orcs and sports almost rhymes, but that's not the reason why I chose that. You can you can quit typing your email right now. One could make some assumptions and say that from Games Workshop's view, sports are brutish, stupid, and unintelligent, uh, uninteresting, and that's an interest that takes up a lot of time if you follow it regularly. 
if you were to take the stereotypical view of geeks, which is GW, they look down on the jocks, which is sports in high school, as brutish and stupid people who only like physicality. You've probably already heard this hobby called a gentleman's game by a lot of people. And that supports the idea that if GW wanted to make a race based off of someone who they think isn't refined enough for our hobby, it would certainly be orcs. A race so stupid that they use their own teeth as currency, fight just for the sake of it, and like really loud noises. Now, if that doesn't explain some football fans that you've heard of, I don't know what does. And we also finally get to the Tyranids. To GW, the Tyranids would be social media. And remember, the you know social media obviously is not a game, but it is a competitor for your time. It is in, it's the new kid on the block, just like the Tyranids are, and has spread quicker than all the other enemies of the Imperium, otherwise known as GW. There is literally no stopping social media, and it just goes around eating up time that people could be spending buying and playing Games Workshop product. Not to mention all of the games on social media being a money and time sink in their own right. Now, I kind of admit this is not a foolproof theory. For example, NIDS came out before social media was big, but the more I thought about it, the more it starts to make sense, and obviously I'm sure that this is not intentional, but I just thought it was a neat theory. So, you can tell me what you think. Um, I answer emails at pimpcron at gmail.com, and I answer messages at facebook.com slash pimpcron, and... That's basically all I had to say. Um, I've always really liked metaphor, analogy, simile, other things that end with E. Um, and this is interesting to me because I always like to compare two things that are supposedly completely different. And you can usually shoehorn in things into the right slots to kind of make them the same. But this actually made a lot of sense to me once I got thinking about it. Um, obviously, you know, I'd be really, uh, splitting hairs here if I said that, you know, oh, well, the Admech is this, or, you know, Harlequins is this, or whatever. I just did the main factions because, you know, come on now. But I thought you'd like it. I thought you think, would think it was interesting. And as always, I appreciate you listening to my show. I will catch you next week. <laughs>